It's been a long trip to Austin. Between the connecting flights and delays, you've been traveling for 24 hours. Despite the exhaustion that is overcoming you, you are beyond excited for your best friend's wedding this week. As you pull up to the Driscoll Hotel, its grandiest frame fills you with awe. No one told you it would be this massive. As you step out of the car to take one last look before heading inside, there's something nagging at the corner of your mind, so small you barely register it. Checking goes smoothly, they've upgraded you to one of the Driscoll's most popular rooms. Lucky you. You're in the elevator on the way to your room when you remember there's an intimate soiree tonight for the family and close friends of the beloved couple. You think to yourself how lucky you packed extra outfits. You roam the halls on the fifth floor and finally find it. 5.25. You let yourself in and glance at the clock. One hour before you have to go downstairs. You lay your two choices on the bed before heading into the bathroom to freshen up. Upon returning, you realize only one outfit's on the bed. It's weird. You could have sworn you laid out both. Those clothes are still in your suitcase, and the outfit you laid out is the one you ultimately would have gone with. Still, there's that same strange feeling from before. You realize with a twinge of uneasiness, it's the feeling of being watched. You brush that thought from your mind. It's not like there's anyone else in your room. You would have heard them. You hear a lot of stories about Austin being haunted, but it's not like ghosts are real, right? Tonight's gathering's in the Maximilian room. You arrive promptly at five and see the door to the room is cracked. With the lights dim, it creates an ominous atmosphere that seeps into the hallway. You check the email with details for tonight and see it actually starts at six. Your room gave you the creeps, but you're starting to pick up on an eerie feeling down here too. At the back of the room, you see two servers setting up wine and you make your way towards them. You need a drink to calm your nerves. You've been on edge ever since you got to the hotel. You ask if it would be a bother to have a drink while you wait. They tell you, no bother at all, and hand you a glass of red. The servers leave the room and you begin to wander around looking into the delicately crafted mirrors that adorn the wall. They're made of gold and have a dazzling reflection. How glamorous. You think to yourself, you look like a queen. The room suddenly becomes freezing. You have goosebumps all down your arms. This feeling of needing to get out of here overcomes you. As you pass one mirror on your rush to the hallway, you see a reflection of a woman. You turn your face to look at her and the lights in the room drop and it's pitch black. All you can see is the light from the hallway like a beacon calling you towards it. You're practically sprinting to get out of the room at this point. You make it to the doors and burst through, nearly colliding to the servers from before. Out of breath, you ask, Did you happen to see a woman in white? One server's face goes pale. Seems the Empress just paid you a visit. Best not to look too closely at the mirrors anymore. Just as the words are leaving his mouth, you look into the mirror behind him and see a ghostly arm reaching out from the dark room. So close, it's almost touching you. Hey guys, it's Holly and Brittany, two sisters who take a deep dive into the history of the world's most haunted places and paranormal happenings. This is Sister Stitious, and it's about to get spooky. We want to say that we are not experts on these ghost stories. 
And if you do your own research, you will come across dozens of stories with many versions. We try to summarize the most common ones we encountered in our research. We would also like to include a trigger warning for this episode, as it contains examples of suicide. Now, since every good ghost story starts from the beginning, that's where we are going to begin. Jesse Driscoll was born in Tennessee on November 4, 1824. At the age of 23, he moved to Missouri and married Nancy Elizabeth Jane Day. He stayed in Missouri four years before moving to Texas, where he became a cattle baron. After supplying meat to the Confederate Army and to the Texas Rangers during the Civil War, he became very successful. But when the war ended, he became broke. Though very resilient, Driscoll was able to become successful through cattle trade again. After moving to Austin with his family, Driscoll continued to trade cattle, yet decided to try something new. This something new was the development of a grand hotel known today as the Driscoll Hotel. The land he purchased was a whopping $7,500. The hotel was constructed and opened on December 20th, 1886. During the first year of the hotel opening, Governor Saul Ross decided to host his inaugural ball in the hotel's ballroom which is a continuing tradition for every Texas governor. Unfortunately, Driscoll was unable to continue payments on the hotel due to a very harsh winter that ended up killing most of his cattle. He was forced to sell the hotel to his brother-in-law, who reopened the hotel in 1888. Over the years, the hotel was bought and sold by many owners and underwent many renovations and additions. Today, Hyatt owns the hotel, but before them, the hotel was bought by Great American Life Insurance, who spent nearly $30 million to restore the hotel to its majestic original appearance. Today, you can stop by the Driscoll for more than a slumber. Try a whiskey drink in the bar that once hosted the first date of former President LBJ and Lady Bird. Have an event in the Maximilian Room, which surrounds itself with eight gorgeous gold leaf mirrors that once belonged to the Emperor of Mexico, Ferdinand Maximilian. Each of the mirrors is backed with diamond dust and has a bust of his wife, Carlotta, at the top. Take a walk on the grand staircase and view the studly portrait of Jesse Driscoll himself. If you do decide to enter the grand columned lobby, it's not just the marble floors and the gorgeous stained glass dome that are eager to greet you. Many guests over the years have admitted to being visited by many apparitions, voices, and even select aromas. I think the best way to talk about the hauntings is to start by breaking down the way spirits make themselves known. As stated in Monica Ballard's book, True Haunted Tales of the Driscoll Hotel, there are three ways this works. One, movement of objects. Two, an out-of-place aroma. And three, dimensional shift. An example of this would be when you feel as if something's watching you, the temperature suddenly becomes colder, or the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Many hotel guests have been known to encounter the many spirits who reside, or just come to visit by one of these three ways. Many encounters with spirits have taken place at the hotel over the years, and while it is impossible to know who exactly haunts the hotel walls, there are select few that seem to have made themselves known more often than others. In addition, I would like to emphasize that the ghosts or spirits that we discuss today are not evil. There are no known evil spirits in the hotel, only friendly and playful encounters that have occasionally been helpful to guests and employees. Let's first start with the Senator's daughter, four-year-old Samantha Houston. 
1887, the Texas Senate met at the Driscoll because the state capitol was under construction. During this period, the senator and his family lived at the hotel. In order to keep Samantha entertained during a meeting, he gave her a ball to play with. She was playing with the ball on top of the staircase when she lost her footing and fell down the stairs, breaking her neck and eventually dying. While this was a horrendous tragedy, her spirit remains cheerful and playful, and she regularly interacts with children, asking them to play with her. Children staying at the hotel have commented on the girl in an old-fashioned dress, asking them to play with her in her little black leather ball. There have been a few instances where Samantha has been observed by adults as well. One evening, a woman visiting the bar was about to leave when she noticed a young girl playing with a ball on the top of the stairs and commented to her group, Isn't it late for a child to be playing? When the others look to see who she is referring to, they do not see anyone. Although this may sound like the woman had one too many libations, we know from many other encounters that it is highly likely she was in contact with the little girl. An additional story comes from a woman who just started working at the bar. As she was closing up, she decided to use the restroom where she heard a little girl running into the bathroom, giggling and playing with a ball. In disbelief that a girl would be playing so late, she opened the stall door and heard a ball bounce right outside of the woman's restroom. After she told the other staff members about it, they congratulated her and told her that she had just met the senator's daughter. Despite not being known for sure, there is a painting of a little girl on the fifth floor, which many believe to be a portrait of Samantha Houston. When they stare into the eyes of the little girl, many people report feeling dizzy and strange. There was a time when people would leave candy on a table underneath the portrait and the candy would mysteriously disappear. As part of a renovation, the portrait was removed and most of the candy that had gone missing was found behind the painting. Whether the portrait is of the senator's daughter or not, many people have had a strange encounters with it. Could it be a separate entity? Or is it simply Samantha finding identity with the portrait? There was also a death at the hotel of a 23-year-old woman who was referred to as a Houston socialite. We don't know for sure whether this was the case, but it was said that she was in Austin after her fiancé abruptly called off their wedding. According to the story, she went on a massive spending spree on her fiancé's credit card, spending almost $40,000. Her biggest purchase was a new revolver. After drinking herself into oblivion, she put her wedding dress on, took the revolver to the bathroom, and shot herself in the stomach. It was discovered days later because she placed a Do Not Disturb sign on her, the door. In the end, after staff realized she had not left her room, they became worried. She had so much alcohol in her system that she could have easily died from the alcohol alone. An apparition of her wearing her wedding dress has been seen by guests. It's common to hear phantom ghost calls. No one answers the phone if you pick it up, if you stay in her room. This was not the only bride suicide in the hotel. The night before her wedding, another woman decided to hang herself in the same room after fiance canceled the event. Apparently, both suicides occurred exactly 20 years apart. We're unsure if the timeline is accurate, however, both of these incidents have occurred and there have been reports of bride ghosts roaming the halls. Although it may be frightening to see one of these ladies, it is considered good luck for the future bride. Next, let's discuss Jesse Driscoll. There is a history of the hotel's owner and founder not being seen very often, 
However, the scent of his cigars tends to greet many guests. Despite being a non-smoking establishment, phantom cigar smoke can be detected in the hotel's hallways and lobby, leaving guests puzzled as to why they are smelling cigar smoke. While Driscoll owned the hotel, he enjoyed walking around, talking to guests and staff with a cigar in hand. One night, a security guard who had just begun working in the hotel noticed a strong odor of tobacco smoke. Peering into the lobby to determine whether anyone was smoking, he heard a voice behind him asking for a match. But when he turned around, there was no one. He was so spooked, he immediately quit. Another night, a man who frequently travels to Austin on business decided to stay in one of the suites. He awoke in the middle of the night to a full apparition of a tall man who resembled Driscoll smoking a cigar by the window. Seeing the apparition open the drapes to look at the traffic below, the man in the bed asked, What are you doing in my room? The tall man looked back at him and said, Your room? And suddenly disappeared, leaving a cloud of smoke in its wake. It is known that Driscoll did not die in the hotel. So people have wondered why his ghost would show up there. As Jesse Driscoll never saw the success of his hotel, many think he comes around to admire and enjoy all that has come of his wonderful creation. Old staff member Miss Bridges is another spirit that tends to make an appearance. As well as in the evenings, she usually shows herself in the later hours. Staff members are frequently reprimanded for being too loud and she could be found hanging around the floor arrangements to spruce them up. Her ghost is seen wearing an old-fashioned jumper and blouse. While some workmen were rearranging furniture on one of the floors, one woman took a picture of her with an angry expression on her face. It appears Miss Bridges wasn't too happy about the arranging. The woman who took the photo immediately deleted it because it freaked her out so much. Miss Bridges also did not pass at the hotel, but instead may just come around periodically to ensure that the hotel is being kept up to her high standards. Next is Peter Lawless, a former ticket agent for the Great Northern Railroad. He lived on the hotel's fifth floor for 31 years. In the early morning hours, he tends to emerge from the elevators with his pocket watch still in hand, perhaps thinking he is on his way to work, nodding to staff members as he disappears when leaving the hotel. Another pair of staff members saw him while they were vacuuming the carpet on the fifth floor. They felt like they were being watched. And when they looked up, a man was standing at the other end of the hall, nodding at them, wearing the same pocket watch. He then walked into a locked room and disappeared. Quoted from Ballard's book, Austin Tour Guide Elizabeth describes seeing his ghost one Halloween night while doing a tour. She said, there's an acknowledgement of personal space with most adults, right? But it seemed as though this man was standing right on top of my tour guests, too close from them not to see him. But they didn't appear to notice him. Even more strange was that when I tried to look for him in the crowd, I couldn't find him. Other times, I knew where he was, but only if I wasn't looking directly at him. When I finished the stories about Lawless, he vanished within the crowd. I later saw a photo of him from his obituary. It seemed to resemble him, but remember, I never got a good look at him directly. On the fifth floor, he has been seen wearing an old-fashioned bathrobe and shaving cup. It seems that he still makes himself at home at the Driscoll. 
The last spirit, that of the late Empress Carlotta, is known to make her appearance in the Maximilian room. There are eight gold leaf mirrors in this room, each with a bust of Carlotta on top. Carlotta was supposed to receive these mirrors as a gift from her husband, Ferdinand Maximilian, before he was killed by Juarez and his Mexican mercenaries. Although she lived into her 80s, she never learned of her husband's gift. Having been acquired from an auction in San Antonio, they were used to decorate a new meeting room in the hotel. Since the room is covered with mirrors, peering into them can be an interesting experience. Stories have circulated that sometimes a woman dressed in white can be seen in the reflections of the mirrors, only to turn around and learn that no one else is in the room with you. In her book, Monica Ballard writes that prior to giving a tour, she went up to the room on her own and asked Carlotta to introduce herself. The only lamp in the room then flickered on and off. Hoping that she would show herself to her tour guests, they decided to come up and take a picture in front of the Christmas tree that stood in the room. During the picture, the chandelier hanging above them dimmed and lit up again as if to say, I am here. Although these are just some of the most popular spirits at the hotel, guests have seen plenty of paranormal activity unrelated to any one spirit. Guests have reported that their bedside lamps will turn on and off unexpectedly, belongings will go missing, and while frantically searching for them, appear right where they left them. And sound machines that are playing soothing sounds will suddenly become loud when guests enter their room. There have been many instances in which people dressed in old-fashioned clothing have passed and have given a wave to guests, only for those guests to turn around and find themselves alone. I don't know about you, but after hearing these stories, I'm even more inclined to give this establishment a try. I'd be interested to know if any of these stories are true. Tell us, would you want to pay the Driscoll a visit? Hi all, this is Holly and Brittany, and we are still talking about the Driscoll, our first episode of Sister Stitious. Um, this podcast is obviously a really big deal for us because this has been in the works for a while. Um, I never saw myself as someone who would create a podcast, even though podcasts are the majority of what I spend my time listening to. However, I have really been wanting to invest more time and energy into researching haunted houses. So I thought as I was researching haunted houses over these next few months, why not take all of you on the adventure with us? And Brittany, when I first started talking to you about this project, what made you so excited to join me in this? Well, I think we've always shared like a love for the spooky. So it's awesome to see someone who's just as passionate about, you know, those scary stories, the ghost stories, the haunted places, um, getting to hang out with them and research it together and bouncing ideas off because if you say, hey, I researched this haunted place, here are all the facts, majority of people would be like, okay, you know, I don't, I don't want to listen to a ghost story right now. Um, so just have, getting to talk about it all the time is really fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, and growing up and it being such like a big part of our childhood and the mom that we had and the, you know, she introduced us to all the horror movies. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 
it just was like very normal for us growing up for that to be something that we really, really loved. I mean, I remember going to Blockbuster when I was little and just immediately going to, I would say the kid horror section, even though I always wanted the more adult scary movies we weren't allowed to get. I mean, I remember seeing the box cover of Silence of the Lambs and, you know, couldn't wait until I was able to, to be able to rent that movie and watch it. Um, I mean, there were definitely boundaries to what our parents allowed us to watch, but it's being really fascinating. And I also had always heard because I'm a very, very anxious person that people with anxiety do so much better with scary things and um, just being scared in general. They like that feeling more, I guess, because it's like a more of a control scared feeling than it is, you know, actual fear all of that. So I've just always been drawn to it. I think everybody that knows me knows I've always been drawn to it. Everyone that knows you is always like, always known you've been drawn to it. So I think that this is going to be really cool. And it's really going to be cool to research all these places and be able to share it with everybody. And hopefully everybody, you know, likes this. I hope everybody has liked our first episode so far. And I know that we're just going to break some things down, answer some questions, talk a little bit about some of the things that we thought were really interesting about the Driscoll. Yeah, and it's funny because we even, every time I visit my mom, we still watch scary movies together. It's like the first place we go when, if we're going to sit down to watch a movie. So the Driscoll has been really interesting and kind of challenging because, you know, You always hear, oh, that place is haunted, but you never probably go deep dive down into it. And then you learn all about the history of these, you know, haunted places and why they're haunted or why they're not haunted. And so it just makes you want to visit them more. Yeah. Have you ever stayed anywhere that you thought was haunted? I remember when we were younger, we stayed somewhere that... They said it was haunted, but the only thing I can remember about that trip is our dad putting his suitcase in front of the bathroom door, and I <laughs> tripped and fell <laughs> in the middle of the night going to the bathroom. I don't think... Maybe it was the ghost. Maybe it wasn't our dad. Maybe it was the ghost who wanted to see me fall. Um, that's a, the only place, I think. What about you? That was pretty. That was a pretty spooky hotel, I remember. Um, I don't remember it being haunted or anything just because we were up all night laughing about the fact that he put the suitcase right in front of the bathroom because that is something that Scott Holcomb would do. Um, But in terms of haunted hotels, so I've had two experiences. One was I stayed in a hotel in America's Georgia when I was going with my friend Megan to see former president Jimmy Carter do like teach Sunday school at his church in Plains, Georgia. I can't remember the name of the hotel, should should have had that up, ready to go, but I didn't witness anything spooky there, but apparently it was haunted. I mean, the whole atmosphere was spooky. It was a very historic hotel, so it still had a lot of the original features and things intact and all of that, but unfortunately, I did not get to witness anything spooky. I was ready for it all night, but nothing happened, unfortunately. And then there was another time I went to Los Angeles with some friends a few years ago, and we booked a room. I did not book the hotel. One of my other friends booked it, but we booked a hotel to stay somewhere in downtown Los Angeles. And originally, when I was hearing about the Cecil, I thought, oh my gosh, because just because of the interior of this hotel we stayed in looked so much like the Cecil, 
And before I even knew about the Cecil existing, just this hotel gave me the creeps in general. There was a point in the night we went out and then I ended up going back to the hotel room by myself because I was tired and everybody else was staying out. And I just remember when I got back into the room, I just heard like all all different crazy noises. It was just a really, really spooky experience in general. There was just kind of like that feeling of somebody else being in the space that you're in, just this really off-putting energy. I just was not comforted, and I was so ready for my friends to get back to the hotel. Um, But I was so, like, for sure thought that this was a Cecil. I was doing everything I could to try to remember where we stayed. (laughs) I asked my friend to look it back in her, her, like, receipts for the hotel, but, I mean, it was so long ago. So I actually ended up looking back at my Lyft history, and, you know, your Lyft history has all of the places that you are, you know, you've been picked up and where you've been dropped off and everything. So I was actually able to find it and it wasn't the Cecil. And I was shocked because I was like, this is it for sure. So I was really disappointing, but I don't remember the name of this hotel. However, that hotel in LA is definitely haunted, has something definitely off with it too. So have I ever stayed in a knowingly haunted place? Well, I guess I stayed at the hotel in America's, but I've never experienced anything. Um, I also, like, wasn't as open to it as I am now, just because Mm -hmm. researching all of these places, I feel like I'm a lot more open to experiencing something. And it honestly not being as scary after you, like, research about all of these different spirits and ghosts that live in these specific places. It just doesn't seem as scary to me anymore. Well, you probably know who you're dealing with once you've researched the scary place. Or like, oh, this place is haunted by so-and-so. She was a great mother. You're like, all right, she may just, like, move my shoes back to where they should go. She's not going to murder me in the bathroom or anything. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, And I think that a lot of the ghosts and spirits that we've been researching for the past few episodes that will eventually air out, um, none of them have been like evil spirits that are out to get you. So that's also kind of been enjoyable. I don't know how else to put it. It's been enjoyable to read about it and it just doesn't seem as scary. So in terms of things not being as scary, let's talk about the Driscoll specifically. Mm -hmm. And if you had the opportunity to stay at the Driscoll after knowing what you know now, would you want to stay the night at the Driscoll? And... If you would want to stay the night, would you would would you rather choose a standard room or one of the rooms that we know that are haunted? So I would definitely stay at the Driscoll. Um, it seems like it's a very elegant, posh hotel, especially uh, where it is. So I think that would be fun. I don't know if I would want to stay in one of the knowingly haunted rooms, but if I had to, I think I would want to stay in uh, the suite that was Jesse Driscoll's just because of the story where um, the guy woke up in the middle of the night and he said, who are you or why are you in my room? And Jesse Driscoll's ghost was like, your room. I just think it's a funny attitude. I think he'd be fun to run into. Um, Would you say at the Driscoll? Absolutely. I plan to very soon. I've not booked a a day, but you know, I uh, tried to a couple of nights ago. 
just because I was way too excited. And it didn't work out time-wise for everybody that I want to come. But yes, absolutely. And I would absolutely want to stay in one of the rooms that has more activity just because why not experience it all. And based on what we've learned, it's not, you know, nothing that we've read or heard about. And I mean, we don't know everything. Like I said, we're not experts on this at all. Just nothing's out to get you in terms of hurting you. Mm -hmm. Any of that. It's just more like scary stuff that's happening. I would preferably probably like to stay in room 525. Um, I know we talked about not knowing if we can, if you can anymore, um, not knowing if you can, yeah, if you can rent out that room. I don't know. You probably can, but I'm not really sure just because it's gotten so much attention. Right. Right. But I, I mean, just because it has so much going on in the room, I definitely would want to stay there. And it just, with what happens and the, and the phones ringing and the phantom phone calls and all of that and, you know, knocking on the door and nobody being there, it just is like, you know, you're a lot more sure of these things happening than you thinking that you might see a ghost or, you know, a spirit mm-hmm. or orbs, even though like, even though reading everything that I've been reading, even orbs are iffy. A lot of people who are really into ghost hunting and all of that don't pay a lot of attention to orbs just because anything can kind of create an orb. But I think there's also so much that you can, I think our brains and our minds can make us see things that we, that don't exist. And so like, if this is something that I'm actually hearing, it's actually happening. It's just a lot spookier, you know? So why not? Mm -hmm. Why not take the most spooky out of all the rooms? So, yeah. I think 525 would be fun to stay in, except for the phone calls. I think that's the only thing that I wouldn't be able to deal with. Like, the knocking, whatever. They'll knock again if they actually need me. But the phone ringing, it's like, it's loud. And it's like, like hello? And then no one's there? How rude? I don't know. I think that's what would get me with that room. That's a bit startling. And I think a lot of horror movies start out that way, too. So I could uh, understand why it's a bit concerning. Um, totally, totally get that. I just think, yeah, I think that it would be fun. And in terms of seeing us, um, apparitions or spirits or ghosts, if you had to encounter any of them or be in contact with any of the spirits that we talked about, which spirit would be the most exciting for you? I would love to run into Empress Carlotta. She you know, she didn't even die at the hotel, and she lived a good long life, um, but her husband got her those mirrors, and, you know, she's always just lurking in the corner of the mirrors, waiting for you to notice her, but she never messes with anyone. She might, like, dim the lights or, you know, shine a light really bright, but she's not um, walking past you or anything, and she just seems like except for her husband dying, had a fun life story and, you know, got to go all over the world. And so that's what I, that's who I would like to see or meet. What about you? Yeah, she definitely likes to stand in the reflection just to make sure you understand that those mirrors are hers. Mm-hmm. I would have to choose Peter Lawless just because he just seems like one of those like one of the most friendly spirits at the hotel. 
He waves to guests a lot. He likes to, you know, kind of watch some of the staff working and just kind of wants to check on his home. Like this was his home for such a long time. And he just wants to make sure that everything's still going well in his home. Um, I think that the way that he shows himself to the guests um, and his spirit just being very comfortable there. He didn't die at the hotel, so he's made it a point like it is his choice to be staying there and he wants to be there. So I think he's probably delightful if you get to experience his ghost, you know, Mm -hmm. he just loved the Driscoll and I'm sure a lot of guests love the Driscoll. So he just wants to make sure everyone's happy. Yeah. What do you think about the ghosts? Because, you know, Empress Carlotta didn't die there. Neither did um, Peter Lawless. What do you think about the fact that they didn't die there and their spirits still reside there? I know you said, like, this was his home, but do you think there's some other pull that the Driscoll has to keep some of the ghosts there? So something I read about the Driscoll was that it was built on top of, I, I believe, on some type of, like, I wouldn't say wells, but some type of water. I can't even think of the name, which is terrible right now. But it it held a lot of energy. And I think that spaces that are built on top of places that hold a lot of energy are already going to kind of attract energy and ghosts are energy, right? Mm -hmm. I also think that it was just a very important place for some of these spirits and Spirits do, you know, spirits that decide to stay do have that choice, right? So they are just choosing that 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 this is where they want to be. They are so comfortable with being there that they don't necessarily want to move on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about it. Like, death is scary. <laughs> it probably is a lot more comforting for these spirits to be in a place that they love, that they're familiar with. And they don't, you know, they don't have to stay there all the time. They're not there all the time. They're not trapped there, right? It's just a place that they want to be that they enjoy and I totally understand it I'm sure it was a very very special place for all of them mm-hmm. and I think I think one of the only ghosts who died in the hotel is Samantha is that her name I think she's the only one that we talked about yeah that's true she is the only one that passed away at the hotel besides the bride ghosts but oh yeah, oh, yeah. I don't think I'd want to run into yeah. them. No, me either. <laughs> I don't know that it's, but, I know that it's good luck, you know, if you see yeah, them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you see them before your wedding, but do you think it's good luck if you see them after you're married? I wouldn't say it's probably lucky or unlucky. You know, there has to be so many married people that go through the hotel. Um, and they don't talk about, you know, I went to the Driscoll and then I was cursed. But maybe no one's been paying attention. Maybe they need to listen to our podcast. Maybe. That's true. That's true. (laughs) So um, when you have talked about the Driscoll with your friends, not in relation to, you know, hey, I'm doing a podcast, you should listen to it. When you're just like talking about it, do some of your friends seem interested in going? Like, does talking about it with them make them want to go? Or are they like, all right, now I know I'm never going to go to the Driscoll. No, I think it's definitely interested people. I think it goes both ways, though. I think that these are people that like 
haunted. You know, they 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 like scary stories or into haunted places. I wouldn't say that it's gonna make people who are afraid of that and want to stay away, which is like totally fine and understandable. I don't think it's gonna kind of pull them to want to go, but maybe. I mean, maybe all of you that are deciding to listen to this first episode. <laughs> Is this is this a place that you would want to go after hearing all of the history about it if you hadn't heard about it before? Right. right. That would be interesting to know if if it changes anybody's minds. I don't necessarily know. I feel like I spend a lot of time around people that are just as interested in scary stuff as I am. So they're definitely on board. I mean, I know we talked about having, you know, we know friends that are ready to go with us to stay at the dress school. So I think that's fun. Okay, so I have like an off the wall converse or question for you. I want to see what your response would be. So, if you had the choice to stay in a haunted hotel or a haunted house where you knew there was a ghost who wasn't necessarily nice, but it didn't come out all the time, or stay in a haunted house or hotel where you knew for sure you were going to see a ghost, but you didn't know if they were going to be nice or mean. Which would you rather stay in? I guess the haunted house where I knew that the spirit wasn't nice, but he didn't show up all the time. Just because I would know what to expect more, you know? I Yeah. yeah. Because with the other one, I don't even know what to expect, right? Right. I mean, you could get Casper or you could get Casper's uncles or whoever those other ghosts were. That's true. And I also think that ghosts, I mean, just like people, right? Mm-hmm. There are there are people with not great spirits, you know, they're just not nice people. But I think with ghosts, like right, there's right. there's a larger reason why they are trying to spook people, they're trying to scare people. I don't think it's always just because they're just, like, this mean, awful, evil spirit. And sometimes, like, you know, if it was a place that was a home to somebody who's, like, a mass murderer, right? And you're like, oh, that's the ghost of so-and-so. You know, it not it's not always that. Like, sometimes it is other people or other spirits that are pretending to be the spirit of somebody else. Just to kind of like scare people away, just to kind of get people out of their space because they just don't want people in their space. So I think that if you go in somewhere, and I'm not saying this is everywhere because there's definitely places with like very malevolent, evil, evil spirits. I think that if you go into the space, you know, not requesting much of them, they're going to probably leave you alone, right? If you're going there, not necessarily, like, asking for a show or just being like, I respect you. I respect your space. I'm just here. Like, I'm just going to stay here. If you want to show yourself, you can show yourself. Da-da-da-da. I think that's fine. And I think, you know, they'll probably respect you more than, like, you're in there. You're getting out all your equipment. You're, like, ready. You're trying to pester them and, you know, annoy them. Those are all things, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we shouldn't ask one to be on our podcast if we stay at a haunted hotel. Right. No, true. Yeah. (laughs) Next week, we'll have an interview with a ghost. That'd be pretty cool. So anyway, um, do we have any, do you have any more questions about the dress school? I don't think so. I mean, I, it's an awesome place. It has a lot of history and whenever we do get to go, I'm excited about it and I'm excited to see 
Empress Carlotta's mirrors. Going to take some hard selfies in those mirrors. Maybe she'll be in one. Maybe. Um, yeah, we'll definitely talk about our experience if we ever get to go, and we'll and through through our time talking about all the different places, if there's any place that we are going to go and get the opportunity to go, we will let you guys know. And honestly, if anybody's listening that we're not super good friends with that have been to any of these places, like please feel free to let us know too, because we don't have the ability to go everywhere. I have two kids. You have a full-time job, so we don't really have the ability. But um, anyway. Yeah, so um, moving forward, who are we or where are we talking about next week? So we are going to talk about the Lemp family next week from St. Louis. There's a lot of awesome deep history there that we are going to get into, and it's just a really, really fascinating story. So I'm super excited to be able to share that with everybody. If you know anything about the Lemp family, please feel free. You can email us at sisterstitious at gmail.com to let us know if you've had any experience or you know any of their story or any of that. And yeah, so that's what we're going to do next week. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to our first episode. We will be back next week. And sharing about the Lemp family, like I said. And we will see you all later. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. See you next time. This episode was produced, written, and edited by Holly Daniel and Brittany Murray. Cover art by Ben May. We want to thank you for listening to this production of Sister Stitious.